afternoon and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreons at patreon.com and our friends at supercoachchampion.com. My name's Corey, and we've got the boys back, but of course, we will start with Mr. Schmitty. How are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you, CBD. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well, very well, very well. Uh, we've also got uh, Dizza. Going on. Good to be back. He's back. Uh, Royal. Yeah, good chance. Yeah, it's good. And of course, the one, the only, it is the Pete Express. It is choo-choo, and I'm back here, boys. Good to be back here. Can we get a bit of a better choo-choo there from you? (laughs) Choo-choo-choo! The Pete Express is back. Oh, God, Pete, I absolutely love it. Um, and, you know, normally Pete or Bombs would segue to me there, so I'll just take over it myself. Uh, find yeah, us on Patreon no worries, and Twitter mate. at SC Elites, Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. Boys, the weekend that was, no surprises. I think most of us said that it was going to be a pretty one-sided game at, uh, over at Optus Stadium, uh, the Geelong GWS one, and that game of the round was going to be Brizzy and Port. I mean, Brizzy and Port. Brizzy and the Doggies. And they both produced. Well, we'll start with the Geelong and GWS games. Look, absolutely no surprises. Um, yeah, really. Can can anyone say anything? Big Tomahawk absolutely put on a clinic. Uh, got me up a bet. Same game, multi. Before we get into that, especially talking about bets, Dizza, can you tell the listeners the fuck up that you done that fetched you? What what was it in the end? Six hundred. Um. Yeah, about six hundred. Um. On chat to you and quickly rushing to put my bets on, as always, last minute bets. And but oh, I'll chuck a little cheeky Jeremy Cameron first half goal in there. And once I confirm the bet, Corey, what happened? You I missed that. You missed first half goal and put oh. first goal scorer on. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't happy. I don't know if you remember the first quarter yeah. when he was running into open goal and he just couldn't pick the ball up. I got rush behind. I got. Is this? Oh, I can do it on the potty. He's like, <laughs> fucking kidding, kidding himself. I wasn't happy, but I'll tell you what, when he put that first goal in, I knew I was home. Well, I thought I was home, and then I seen at half time, Dangerfield was sitting on about seven disposals. Yeah. Started shitting my pants again. Right, but uh, we, got home, we got home in the end. Yep. Big Dangers mm-hmm. lifted. They took the ball off Dangers. Leon Cameron, no idea. <laughs> That's all good. Should be sacked. I'll say it. Happy days. Out. Oh, it should be sacked. Schmitty, anything from this game that shocked you? Nah, not really. Um, I actually didn't realise until today that Jeremy Finlayson didn't play because he was in Queensland because his partner just gave birth. But I reckon they missed someone like him. Obviously, Hogan was a laid out, and I was wondering why he wasn't the replacement, but ended up being probably one of the reasons why they couldn't score because they just had no targets to kick to. And, you know, Geelong on a good day of picking off the high ball and the long inside 50s. Um, even on a bad day, they'd still do it to a pretty high standard. And obviously, um, Himmelberg just had him had his hands too full with the amount of tools that Geelong had there for him. And, yeah, they just couldn't score. Yeah. Uh, Dizza, anything? No, uh, it was pretty... I was going to say, if you, if you thought GWS was going to win, you really don't know your football. Geelong were always clear favourites, and they were always going to run over the top of them. Toby Green was a huge out. For the Giants, massive impact. Hopefully they delist him and he comes to the Bires in the off-season. For a team tonight, they, they, Sydney played their... I mean, GWS played their grand final the week before, and it was pretty evident they were, they were going into that game, and they were never really a chance. Uh, Royal? 
Yeah, I was kind of surprised when Hogan went out that Riccardi wasn't pulled in. Like, the fact that they brought in Phil Davis or an extra defender um, and their inability to score, like, they just kept bombing it along. And when they've got the likes of Henry, Blitzovs and Henderson down there, it was just easy pickings for them to, to double and triple team Himmelberg. And the fact that I think it's Sproul or, or Steen that was supporting down there just probably was inexperienced and, and they had no ability to make those defenders accountable. So the fact that Riccardi wasn't um, brought in was really surprising for myself, especially with Hogan out and obviously Green out, which is obviously never going to be easy for them to win the game. Question, question for you. When you just touched on Riccardi, do you do you reckon that GWS already know that Riccardi's going to leave and that therefore they've not played him? Because didn't they do something similar with Aiden Core last year when he pretty much told him he was going to leave and they kicked him out of the hub? Not saying they yeah. would have been, not saying they're that heavy with Riccardi, but it does mm-hmm. seem odd that they didn't bring in a forward for a forward and that they've gone with a seasoned defender instead of a forward type. But I just want to it's a good question. If that's if that's the case two years in a row, or, or you know, if you're hinting at that, Joel, and and, and that is actually actually good English. If that's actual <laughs> logical thinking from that club, then they're so far behind the fucking hate ball. It's not funny. Like yeah. you you see the the NRL model and how how good it is over there. Like you can tell a, a team you're leaving at the start of the season. Like, yeah, that's okay. Beautiful. Done. But you hear it, you hear this year, you give us all, we'll put in, we'll back her, you go, and you go, you go. Like, it's just, it's so yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, yeah it's a great analogy, Corey, because, like, the fact that if Riccardi was or has intentions to leave, like, the fact that if they win the game, like, Hogan could potentially be back next week. So, like, they just play Riccardi, they get through... Like, Riccardi might make way for Hogan is being the last player in. So, yeah, it's just disappointing if that, if that was the case. And, you know, GWS probably just didn't play the right cards there. And, look, don't get us wrong. We're not saying Riccardi, Riccardi in was going to give them the win. No. There was still no chance. No. But we're just assuming that Riccardi in would have probably done more than um, the next best there. Pete, anything take you by surprise here? Um, no, not really. I, I fully expected Geelong to win that game. Um, they were just too good. Um, Giants did miss... Toby Green, of course, with the uh, umpire incident last uh, two weeks ago. Um, obviously, Hogan going out. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say. John, too good in the end. Yep. Yep, thank you. A Pete. nice one, Parrot Pete. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, always good. Always good. I was going to touch on something else then. What was I going to say? Uh, well, no, that was it. That was that game. Um, head across to the other game. No one's got anything else to add for that. No. No, no, not with it. Look, nope. Absolutely great game. Like I said, I was fucking spastic Saturday night, so <laughs> I, I couldn't really tell you too much of what happened. I, I know the score. I know Baz, Baz put on a clinic in the end, and Baz Linker. One thing I do remember, and look, I'm not going to be biased, and I, I thought, I thought, and I'm not saying that the umpires won one team the game. I know you guys are um, got a bit to say about the umpires, but. For me, that that level of umpiring can't come into this week. That there is way too. It's a finals football. Way too many free kicks paid on both ends. Like it, it just it cannot happen this week. So that's the one thing I, that I took away from this game. That the umpires just need to put the whistle away. And I get it. The free kicks there it gets paid and and yada yada yada. But there were a lot of free kicks that I would consider 
consider you know non-finals free kicks and well 47 Corey that there you go so like 47 in the finals like you probably wanted to be around the 25 30 just let, yeah. let those little 50 go um definitely in finals that one on the wing when it's a one point on you know a five point game or six point game whatever it was at the end the one on um to tim english man like it's 50 50 contest in a final series the the rock contest the, yeah. the last yeah, yeah. Oh, that was... that's play on for me like the heat of the moment where the game's at it's it look that is play on and like i said it, it's they didn't win or lose this game because of umpires it was a great game of football you know one team looked good then the other team come back and it, it was just a fantastic game of footy um but schmitty i'm sure you've got a, a bit of context from this game for us yeah um i'll try and wrap it up as quick as i can but just touching on the umpires Firstly, I don't necessarily subscribe to the theory that there's a, a perfect amount of free kicks that need to be paid in a game. I think you just you got to pay what's there, and um, I think that's probably the infuriating thing for footy fans is that we see, you know, on one week the umpires are paying those 50-50 ones, and then on the other weeks they're letting them go, and, and that's where the discrepancy comes because, yeah, like I said, they're paying them some weeks and not others. Um, but anyway, I'll move on to the game itself. Um, yeah, to me, it just pretty much had everything that you really want in a final. Um, to, I, I did get the vibe for most of the game that it just really felt like a Brisbane sort of night. Um, you know, they had their hot, their home crowd and Charlie had the hot hand early and they were going flat out with the ball. But um, to the dog's credit, they cracked in and they kept it close for the most part. Um, the big thing for me, though, I thought Tim English after half time was probably – as impactful as I've ever seen him play a game of footy, to be honest. Like, I don't mean that in the sense that he was dominating the ruck or anything, but to me, he's just like, he's just a nice dude. He just plays nice. He doesn't have any, like, aggressiveness about him, and that's probably his biggest downfall as a ruckman. Um, but Big O was, you know, dominating Lewis Young for the, for the most part of that first half. And then I can't remember the exact stat, but... It was something like CBAs or around the ground stoppages or something like that, but pretty much Lewis Young went from being in the thick of it for about 80% of that first half to only 20% in the second half, and English fought a you know much braver battle to try and break even with McInerney, and that gave the Dogs a better chance to get their mids first opportunity out of the middle. Um, he ended up you know laying the most tackles on the ground equal with Dunkley, and I just thought it was a really mature game from him. Um, and then there was obviously the finale, my two favourite players on the ground, um, Bailey Smith and, and the rat Bailey kicking the last two goals. And Baz's last goal had me celebrating like Collingwood just won the flag. And I love the celebration. And, um, yeah, it was clutch. It was just an awesome ending. And I'm glad Charlie Cameron couldn't get a hold of the ball late in the piece because I would have hated an ending like that considering I was all about the dogs. Yeah, there you go. Um, surprise, surprise. You know, look, I think Bevo must have listened to the – to the podcast maybe at halftime last week. You fucking put a ruckman in the ruck and look what can happen. Like I get you, I understand what you're saying. It's that that almost perceived softness that he's got. He's just an, a happy go like the young fella, but he's got all the tools to be a fucking fantastic ruckman and he's awesome around the ground. Just play him there. Stop playing him as a forward. Like you, they will not win. They will not beat Port Adelaide if Lewis Young is in that is their ruckman. No chance. Yeah. No, yeah. like it's it's probably the, the big two they have are absolutely like I said one of the, one of the most underrated ruckmen in the league. Um, but fancy fancy the moment. Imagine imagine um, 
big, almost called him Charlie Cameron. Then I've done this last season. Charlie Gibson, <laughs> uh, gets him one-on-one in the forward line, mate. They're, they're going to... And remember when, when I said Peter Latham's on Bonk before they went into the finals? Mate, stand in front of him. They're just going to run into you. I mean, fucking play your Ruckman in the Ruck. Um, Dizza? Oh, look, I just want to start off with um, saying, like, you got to remember the umpires aren't watching on TV. So I think you, like you and the rest of the football supporters, need to stop being harsh on the umpires. As a fellow umpire myself, I'm really, really getting sick of it. But um, <laughs> we'll also touch on that the umpires are fucking useless and gave that game to the Bulldogs. Terrible free kicks at the end that didn't need to be paid. One in the centre square at the end was a lot of crap. Um, but doggies are getting smashed on the weekend. Yep. Or we'll we'll get to that. We will get to that because yeah. Oh, and. What about Joe Danaher too? Big Joey. You can tell he definitely come from wrestling. What a useless prick he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shocking. It's, it's that. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to say, and I am going to say it. It's. It's that was their grand final. That was the doggies' grand final. And again, no if buts, maybe's about it. What games? What games? The first game this week? Because I, I guarantee it's that days. Yeah, tomorrow night's oh, Friday night's game of footy. Sorry, keep forgetting it's Wednesday. It's going to be an absolute cracker. I, I reckon Saturday's night, Saturday night is going to be as boring as bad shit. I think mm. these apps are going to run over them, but that's a, that's sorry, report. That's a story for later on. Um, Royal, your takeaways. Um, so firstly, I, I was going to say that my uh, same game multi prediction last week for Charlie Cameron to kick four goals was looking pretty good at quarter time, but uh. Hats off to Eastern Woody. He sort of clamped down after that. But, um, hey, 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 Taylor Jurey, I think, deserves some of that. Oh, well, yeah, he, he sort of um, helped that as well. But I think uh, for the second week running, I think Brisbane were pretty unlucky with um, one of their key position players going down. I know Jackson Payne's not, not a traditional forward, but it sort of hindered their structure and um, their play, how to get forward and whatnot. So they were pretty disappointing to, to lose him earlier and, and Ryan Lester coming in, probably not like for like. So it was disappointing for them. But the fact that um, there are other forwards like Lincoln McCarthy, Fullerton and Danaher were just pretty much non-existent um, and non-threatening it probably hindered uh, their opportunity to win the game. Like, they were up by three goals a couple of times, and you just thought that they'd get home. But um, to the dog's credit, it was pretty good. And you talk about the the lowest, like, the bottom six to eight sort of plays if finals need to impact. And I just think Brisbane's, like, lower, you know, a couple of plays didn't, like, impact it at all. Like, Cockatoo had five disposals. Um, Dev Robinson had, like, under 10. Like, those are the kind of things that need to go your way when you win finals. So, um, and can I just also raise the point about Fagan's co- um, coaching record in finals? Now, one in five um, from six games, straight sets um, two times, and he's lost all, all four, or sorry, four of his five finals at home. So, is there pressure on him next year if they don't sort of deliver, especially with the, the news about Lockie Neal coming out? Like, could he potentially be on the outer or the most pressure coach at all? I don't think so at all. I think their age profile is perfect. And, it, and it's funny, I think they're one of those teams that have almost peaked a little bit too early. You, you mentioned a couple of names like, you know, Cocky's first season back in AFL. He's only played half a year. Um, you know, your Dev Robertsons. They've got a good young core. I mean, Cam Rayner, this news this week about Cam Rayner coming home. Mm. But, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, they're, they're a very tight-knit group. And I think they have... I think they've overachieved for their, for their uh, list profile. Um, they don't have too many that are, oh. you know, over the are they age missing of... Missing like, what's, yeah, like, what are they missing, do you think? Um, I think Joe Danaher needs to... We talked about that nice guy attitude before. He needs to get that out of his game. Um, they've come to play finals football. Forward. 
to, to lift a little bit and attack the ball a little bit harder and um you know when they are down become that <laughs> McStay, I, think, um, I don't know sorry I'll, can i just add on danaher you I was going to make the point, but you've already opened the box. I just was going to say, I saw on, I think it was the Sunday footy show, that they were talking about him um, just not being demanding enough of the ball. They went to Charlie Caron, I think it was 17 times, and they went to him like less than half of that. If you're getting a guy on, I don't know what sort of money they're paying him, but they've got him in to be this demanding key forward that's going to help him you know, win a flag, and he just wasn't that. Like. Yeah, and that's the issue. That and it's, it's blatantly that. I mean, it's... And they could, and then, like you said, when Charlie Cameron started getting on top of them, well, it's not like we don't have to put two on Danaher because he fucking doesn't look like he wants to be here. Let's go make sure Charlie's not touching the ball. And, you know, hats off. I don't give Bevo a lot of credit a lot of the time, but hats off to him because he, he coached that game really well on the weekend. Like I said, I don't think I don't think they're in tra- any trouble. Fagan has done absolute wonders at that club. I think he's a great coach. Um, he has that group group really united. I honestly think they're going to be a very very dangerous team next year. Um, if if Lockie Neal doesn't leave, and I don't think he will leave, I think Lockie Neal will stay. It's a big call, big call. Pardon? It's a big call. You you see, like when players want to go home, like I think he'll be sort of like. Um, Tim Kelly, like, if the deal can't get done, he'll understand. But, like, when the players sort of, you know, signal the intention that they want to go home, especially with COVID and, like, water restrictions, I just think if they can get six and eight for Lockie Neal, I think that's that's a win-win for both teams. But, but, but no, again, words, no words yet come out of Lockie Neal's mouth that said he wanted to go Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, I want to hear it from him. That was said. Yeah. Lockie Neal said, we're weighing up our future to someone yeah. who's reported it to someone else, whether or not we want to raise our family with our family, you know, the rest of them, or continue it out yeah. in Brisbane. And then, you know, the kids are going to be going to school soon and, and shit like that. Like, Lockie Neal wanted to I've be heard in it Brisbane. from Mitch Robbo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think Lockie going anywhere. But look, that's a, it's like, off-season and it'll be to and fro. And um, I think, and although you think it's a win-win, I, I don't think it is a win for Brisbane losing Lockie Neal because their premiership window is at about yeah. 11, mm. about to click over to 12. And you take that out, you take Lockie Neal out, and I know he missed a lot of footy this year, but you probably go back to about a you know a nine ten o'clock. They'll make top four, but they mm. won't win. They won't win it. Um, they could potentially use those six and eight to to negotiate to get someone. Like I know there's not many players that are up out there at the moment, but you know if you can entice someone to come up there, like they can replace him, and they have won a lot of games with that. And I'll, I'll probably have to retract my statement of being a win-win. Like Lockie Neal's a, a Brownlow medalist and whatnot, but. It can give opportunities for other players to to step up as well, but you've seen teams lose superstar players and they haven't really like impacted their ability to to hit the scoreboard or, or be a good team. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen with Brisbane, but funnier things can happen. So it, it, it all comes down to that player who takes that next step, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly you know, right. Like Ray Darcy, Darcy, very- Darcy Parish this year, like no one yeah. started the year, we would have been like, well, what the fuck is what the fuck, Darcy Parish? You know what I mean? And then, yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Yeah, pops up yeah. And- Absolutely dominate. So, yeah, no, fair, fair call, fair call. Um, Pete, you take anything out of this game? Sorry, uh, I'm yeah, done because I think I interrupted. Yeah, no, I'm 100 done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, apart from the umpiring, a few bad calls in my opinion. Um, could have gone Brisbane's way. Um, apart from that, it was a great game. The finish was absolutely exciting for myself. Uh, Bailey Smith kicking that goal. Uh, it was fantastic to see. Um. 
other than that, well done to the dogs, and um, I hope they get pumped next week as well. <laughs> Man, I think they Thanks for that, Joel. <laughs> wow. Hey, Thanks. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's touch across to um, the games that are coming up. We'll go with Melbourne and Geelong. Schmitty, give us your rundown on this, and this is what it started for. So take as long as you need, my friend. Ah, uh, no, I don't have I don't have as many notes on this one as I did the Bulldogs and Brizzy game. But anyway, um, yeah, I've just I've been big on the D's all year. I love what they've done. I love how they've turned their season, um, their fortunes around. Uh, obviously, twenty eighteen was a pretty successful year for them without them actually winning the flag itself. Had, you know, a few down years, finished 10th last year, and the, but they've really bounced back and it's been exciting to watch. Um, I just, I love Clary and I love, um, I love Cozzy and Track and, you know, how can you not love Lever and May down there too? Um, but yeah, just interestingly, well, interesting for me anyway, these, these two prelim matchups are actually both replays of the round 23 games. Um, and they were both decided by less than a goal. We had Demons and Cats at GMHBA that Gorney kicked the goal after the siren and Port and Dogs at Marvel, which was a close game too, with you know only a few seconds left. Um, so, yeah, we're getting replays of them pretty soon after their last matchup. Uh, and I think the results are probably going to be quite similar. Um, in terms of this game, though, Geelong, I've been saying for the last few weeks that I'm just never really sure what Geelong we're going to get. Like, And it's not that they're inconsistent from week to week. It's just that I feel like they've got a very fine line between them looking slow and old or um, playing that disciplined, experienced game. Like their age is going to either work for or against them, and I just never really know which way it's going to sway on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, you could sit here and say too that you think Geelong will learn from their um, – you know, their collapse, their last quarter collapse against Melbourne. And you could also equally say that you think Melbourne will learn from their flat second quarter where the Cats almost, you know, seem to have put them away. Um, but, yeah, you just never know which which way it's going to swing this week. Um, I think it goes without saying, though, that whichever team can get the game on their terms for longer is obviously going to win. But I just get this feeling that Geelong's probably more likely to control the game than Melbourne will be able to break it open, if that makes sense. Like... But in saying that, um, Melbourne don't need much of an opportunity. And if they can get, you know, just a small window, I think they can do enough damage uh, before Geelong can lock it down again. And um, and then, you know, the Ds can match them in terms of defence and try and hold on to their lead. Um, yeah, my heart says Melbourne, um, but my head says Geelong. Um, but I'm going to go with the heart and take the Ds by 10. Goals. Points. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Royal, uh, Dizzo, sorry, Dizzo, sorry, sorry. Oh, wow. Can't come on. Like, hopefully, hopefully. I am nervous for this game, I'm not going to lie. I think, like Joel said, you you don't know what Geelong's going to show up. Geelong could come out and win this game for a few goals, or they could come out and be shit, and let's hope that's the case. Um, hopefully, Melbourne don't get butterflies in their stomach, and they can get the job done, but you don't know what way this game's going to swing. It's not as easy as to predict as the next one. Yeah, touching on that, like I said, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fantastic game of footy. And the Ds haven't been this far in a very, very, very long time. And you've always got to ask yourself, well, what kind of impact is that going to have emotionally? You know, the lead up, a player's going to sleep properly, etc., etc. So, 
Yeah, I think you touched a good point there. Um, Royal... Did they make the prelim two seasons ago? Yeah, 2018 um, prelim. They got hammered yeah. by West Coast in Perth. Yeah. And that's it. So, I, I, and like they take that into account as well. Like, does that start playing in their head too? You know, we've yeah. been here before, you know. Because it was real bad. The game was over by quarter time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. How much do you think the players that played in that game learn from that and, and don't make the same mistake again? Or. or well, obviously, think- it's a bit different with playing West Coast in Perth as opposed to playing Geelong in Perth. But, yeah, do you think they... And you, the also, you also have a look at like, last time these teams played each other the other week. Geelong, mm. were, Geelong were up by a fair bit early. Yeah, well, exactly. They get, if they get that lead on Melbourne, do they think, oh, no, this is going to be a 2018 all over again and put pressure on themselves and that's it? Yeah, I think the fact that it's not being played at GMHBA again probably gives Melbourne a little bit more confidence to um, obviously Geelong play their home ground really well. I think the extra space at Optus um, probably doesn't allow Geelong to be as tight. But yeah, yeah. I know what you're coming from. Like I said, I th- and I agree, I think this is the hardest game. This is definitely harder out of the two. Like, mm-hmm. I think the odds should definitely be closer. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's... Can't wait to punt on it though. Can't wait to blow all my money away. I don't. I don't think Geelong. And you talk about the learning and everything. I don't think Geelong. If they get a lead like they had in that game, mate, they they will they will control this game. Now the one thing that I, I do worry about is obviously um no Tom Stewart. And I have said this the whole time. No Tom Stewart. I don't think they can win the flag. So um I think that's going to be a big big factor. The, the we'll talk about matchups at the end. At the end. Um. Uh, who's it on Royal? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think. Yeah. Like I think the boys have summed up pretty well. Um. Just the matchups is is going to be huge. Like I think Jeremy Cameron and um Tom Hawkins. Like it just depends on like who else can sort of provide for Geelong. Like if if Lever and May can can tell them both. Like you just sort of just think like can Asava step up? Can Close and and the likes of those sort of um, help out? Whereas, like, I think Melbourne's a bit more even contribution. Like, they can score a lot from their midfield as well, like Petrarca and Oliver and, and like, you know, Cozzy Pickett can, can bob up as well. So, and like you said, like, uh, does finals experience obviously, like, play a massive factor in this? Like, Geelong have, have gone deep in September a lot, whereas Melbourne have, have missed out the last couple of years since the Megan prelim. Um, does that sort of play into to Melbourne's mind as well? Like, you know, like they say, like the pressure gets to them. Um, I know a lot of teams have, you know, sort of been the favourites heading in, like, you know, the Richmond and Collingwood, you know, prelim, everyone sort of gave um, Collingwood no chance and, and there was a boil over there and it always seems to be a boil over and, and could this be the year as well, like Geelong sort of boil over Melbourne. So um, I'm really interested to see, like the bot- like I've raised a few times, the bottom six to eight sort of plays, how, how they contribute and whoever's team can, can have more contribution on the night will obviously go a long way to winning it. And like you guys say, Geelong have a, a real tendency to control the footy and um, play, you know, whether they go fast or slow. Where I think Melbourne is just sort of in that one gear. They just sort of go frantic and they like to play real quick. So if they can run um, Geelong off their feet, I think it could be a real ugly night for Geelong. But um, like Joel said, like one way my heart's going, I, I would love Melbourne to win because they haven't had a flag in so long. But my head sort of says like experience in Geelong, they just know how to win. And I think Geelong by under a goal, but I'm obviously rooting for the Dezo. Like it, like it, uh, Big Petey. Yep. So on one hand, you got Melbourne inexperienced um, in prelim finals three years ago. They got smashed by the Eagles. 
and the Cats are all all experienced. You know, they've won a lot of finals. Um, or last week they won a final. Um, so I'm torn on this one. Um, I like to see Melbourne get up. Um, but I think Geelong are going to get it done. Ex- on experience, they're going to get it done. Uh, probably two goals in the end. Um, and are we doing best bets as well, Corey? Or yeah, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll come back through you for that. Ah, uh, yeah, no worries. Um, so I'll go so Geelong we, by. Pete Stark, by... please. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Ge- when Pete's done, I want to just want to touch on something. Yeah. When Pete's done, I just want to oh, touch on something. Oh, all good. Yeah. So I'm going Cats by twelve points. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking to you about this, Corey, but I've, I've heard an interesting stat, and I think it needs to be real noted. About Joel Selwood. Yeah. Fifteen mm-hmm. seasons played, fourteen seasons in the finals. Jeez, that's that nice. like an incredible stat line. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? I, I, I couldn't like you couldn't tell me another player that's got that stat line like surely uh, that's amazing yeah no. there wouldn't be many yeah no, if any um all right yeah okay so and I'm the same I think uh, sorry I'm not the same because it's been a little bit divided I think look I think that Melbourne are gonna win and I think they're gonna win just like I said this is one that as a fan of either team, I would be absolutely shitting Dax. Uh, but as a neutral, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and watching this. So um, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Like a legit yeah, cracker. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, now, your best bets, boys. So we'll go through. Schmitty, get, you got us a bet? Yeah, I love a good goal-kicking midfielder. So uh, I've got track at $1.33 for any time. Anytime on the track, don't mind it. Uh, Diz? Is this just best bet, not not same game multis? Oh, look, with, with your leg in the same game multi, if you want to fucking chuck a couple in, I don't really care. All right, yep, all right. Clary, 30 touches. Pacharka, 25 plus. We're going to go Jeremy Cameron, first goal. <laughs> Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne, negative 13 and a half points on your custom line. Yep, all right, beauty. Uh, Royal? Uh, Tom Hawkins kicked two or more goals at a dollar fifty-seven. I think it's pretty good. Lol, lol. Two or more, yeah, no, don't hate it. Um, uh, Pete. Yep, uh, I'm going the opposite way. I'm going Ben Brown for three or more. Oh, big Benny Brown again, Ooh, three or more. Big How excited was Pete to get that out? By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 I'm going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, yeah, and on me, I actually haven't had a look at anything. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll get much on it, but yeah, Clary to be group one most disposals. It, who are they going to run with? They're going to run with Clary, you reckon? Who are they sending to him? Because uh, yeah, Oconnor's out. O'Connor's oh, done. Yeah, yeah. Surely they're going to get someone else to go have a. Sniff. Well, I think they would have, surely they would have learned their lesson from last time. He torched them. Yeah. Yeah, look, Harford's done a few runwood roles, but now he's out as well. He's so not playing, yeah. Do they send the Guthrie, something, something like that? That's, that was my first thought, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, mm. group one. Group one, uh, most touches, Clayton Oliver. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's head across to the other game. Uh, the Port and the Doggies, and Schmidty will kick this off with you. Yeah, so from the sounds of things, I'm... um. I'm the only one who wants to see the dogs win, even though I don't think they will. 
um, everything we've spoken about for the last few weeks regarding the Bulldogs applies again, really. Um, you know, the ruck situation is always an issue. Um, their mids just need to keep doing what they do best. Um, but I think it's going to be too much of a stretch for them this week. Um, Port seem to have a really good mix at the moment with, um, you know, their dynamic forward mix and their rock-solid back line. Um, they're, they're arguably in the best form out of the remaining four sides, and obviously they've got an ultra-competitive midfield, uh, arguably not as good as the Bulldogs midfield, but, you know, like I said, with the forward and the back line mix, uh, also the underrated 19th man of their home crowd, uh, Adelaide Oval is going to be rocking, and I think the Dogs will find it too far to overcome. Even though they hushed the Gabba crowd last week, it's a bigger challenge this week, and uh, I think it'll be too hard. Um, I think we'll know pretty early on, though, whether or not the Dogs are a chance to win it or not, because if they can't um, stop Port from jumping them early, or more importantly, start early, uh, start fast themselves and nullify that crowd noise, then it's just another fact that they've got to overcome. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, I think the job's going to be too hard as it is. But, yeah, if they can't stop Port from getting out to an early lead, then, yeah, they're pretty much cooked anyway. So I'll um, pick Port by 19, and are we doing bets now or later? Nah, later. We'll come back to it. All right. Go, uh, yeah, Port that- by 19. Apologies, apologies, my phone wasn't working. Um, I, I'm hoping and I'm pretty confident that Port Adelaide is going to kick the shit out of the doggies. really hope so. Look, I, forgot, I wanted to mention this before uh, when we were speaking about the doggies last game. Adam Traor, what's going on there? Went missing. Not happy? Well, not happy at the club? <laughs> we'll just come back to Collingwood, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's... um. No, honest, honest answer to your question, though, oh, you weren't here for last week's podcast, but we did talk about him. Mm. I think it just boils down to um the fact that he's not getting those midfield minutes that, yeah, that's it. you know, at his, at his best, he can pr- produce his best footy. He's stuck out on a wing and, I don't know, some of his body language stuff looked a bit ordinary on the weekend. But, yeah, obviously as a Collingwood supporter, we've been exposed to some of his um, – mental health issues and things that he battles with, and I'm not sure if he's going through some stuff right now. But, yeah, he just looks a shell of the star player that Collingwood got five years ago. Interestingly enough, actually, come up on my Facebook today that it was a memory that I posted something five years ago to the day today that he was looking to leave GWS and that he was coming to us. But, yeah, when he when he came to us five years ago, he looked a completely different player than what he looks like now. It's almost a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, it's you know. Tell you what, I wouldn't play Beverly. So that guy's got no brains at all. Who? Beverly. Oh. I would play the players out of position. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can only play. You can only play as many players as you got. Really, it's. Is it just now that the pressure is too much for him? I don't really know. I don't don't think so. I don't like to speak on other people's behalf when it comes to, you know, mental health is obviously a touchy issue and he, and he's had a pretty open battle with it. Um, You know, a lot of emotions and stuff that he, he can't control when it comes to playing and, and post game and stuff like that. But I don't know. He just, he just doesn't look the same person. He's not having the same impact. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what the underlying factors are, but yeah. 
I mean, at the end of the day, does it really make that much of a difference for him if they do make a grand final and he he wins a grand final? I, mean, I, just, I don't think he'd give a shit, especially like when you have a look at no, the no. Like coming up, if they manage to knock off the team, like we could we could be having a completely different conversation next week. He could come out yeah. and have you know be best on ground and win him the game and yada yada yada. You know, long story short. So, but yeah. so far he just has not performed in the finals and probably no fault to his own. I think um, just from sorry to the other boys, I know there's five of us here, and I keep chirping in. But looking at my Brownlow predictor, no, I'm not looking at it now. But I did know a couple of weeks ago that for the first half of the year, he looked like he was slotting in quite well, you know, and and had a role and and was playing that team role. And I know he got injured again, but um, yeah, he just looked he just looked settled, and you just thought, okay, this is the this is the piece that. This is just the extra luxury that the Bulldogs get to have on their on their charge to a premiership. Um, and, you know, I don't think we've ever talked about Adam Trelaw, you know, especially after his first two years. I don't think we've ever talked about Adam Trelaw finishing a game with 10 touches, you know. Um, but I don't know if that's because he just had an off night or if there's something going on behind the scenes. But like you said, uh, he could very well be happy playing there and he just had an off night and yeah, he comes out next week, they win and he's in granny. It's a wrong night, wrong game kind of thing. Like if it yeah. was... Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, no one would have really given a shit. Yeah, exactly right, hundred percent. Have a bad one a couple of weeks ago because I remember talking about it, but <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Yeah. All right, uh, Royal. Yeah, like just to add on to that, like we've like touched on heaps of times on the podcast, like the fact that the dogs have such a big depth in the midfield, like every. Every week, one player seems to have like that down game. Like one week it's Bazlenka, the next it's Dunkley. It might have just been Chalor. Like like you said, Smitty. Like he's come back from a long term injury. We don't know what he was battling behind closed doors. Um, and he's been pretty public with his mental health battles and um, his close bond with Dunkley and the way that he's um, fitted into the club and how you know the whole um, saga with Collingwood how it impacted him. So and obviously his partner being up in Queensland. So those are all things that could have factored into his mindset and how he played. So um, someone that knows Jalor is extremely professional um, and I'm sure he'll bounce back this week. So, yeah, um, yeah into the game, like I, I, I'm actually thinking the Dogs can potentially win this. Like I know last year, Port, um, we were in a similar position last year coming up in a home prelim, but um, like does the, does the pressure get to them again, like being at home and um, – expected to win. Um, surely Beveridge um, brings in Steph Martin this week. Like the fact that the young only played 53% uh, of the game sort of impacts um, their ability to win the game, especially when they've got Laddams and, and Lysett in the ruck. So if, if they're going to make English, you know, ruck the whole night, he'd, he'd be in for a long one. So I'm sure they'd have to bring in Martin. Um, and then obviously the big question about Bonson Pally, um, how does he pull up if he does play? Like I do expect him to play being a prelim. Um, but then again, like how, how is he going to be out there on the field? Like in finals, you don't really want to be carrying anyone, um, and especially the Port could potentially exploit that. Um, but I do think Port Adelaide will win. Saying that, um, just being a home, and I think compared to last year, I just think they're more well-rounded, um, and everyone has their roles, and everyone seems to be playing um, well at the right time. Like they're the form team in the comp, um, and I just think that they'll they'll go out and win this. Um, not by much. Uh, uh, sorry, the Bulldogs did beat them last time. They did play there. Um, albeit um, Waitman kicked three goals and he's out. Um, but I think, yeah, with the doggies outs this week, I just think um, Port will just win it by maybe under two goals. Thinking oh, the close, Pete. Yep. Um, I'm going for Port um, to absolutely demolish the dogs. I think they can't. I, I, I don't see them 
uh, getting it done. Um, if Bond doesn't play, uh, they stand no chance. Waitman's out with concussion. Um, uh, if Martin, or oh, you would think Martin would play, because um, obviously um, Tim English can't solve ruck with those other two boys for Port. Um, so in saying that, I'm going Port by 40 points. He's, uh, yeah. he's definitely Wait, just I want to want to touch on. Can I just touch on something before we move on? I wasn't taking shots at Trelaw's mental health. If anyone got it that way. No, no, no. Yeah, I want to say for the record too that I wasn't even. I, I know we were talking about it, but I wouldn't. I'm not privy to any information. I wasn't suggesting that he necessarily was. I just was mm. saying that it could have been a contributing factor given what we already knew about him. Yeah, and I'm sure that. a few people would raise that as well. So many like a few like it's just easier for them to go to back to that. I'm um, especially yeah. with as well. So yeah, but I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, yeah no, no good call. That's the thing. I'm not saying he's over. I'm not saying he's not. He could just, he's just not playing great footy. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm on the, the motto that if you step it out in that park, you're 100%. So that's yeah. how I'm going to yeah. judge you, and I think that's where you need to be um, yeah. until he says otherwise. And, and that's the thing. And, you know, he what, could be come down as one of these players that just know your role, play your role, and that's it. he's exactly yeah. what the club needed. You know, yep. he's, and, and as a Collingwood supporter, he is as selfless as any player we've ever had. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, agree. Probably one of the most, you know, selfless. He's the ultimate professional, Corey. Like, yep. I've seen him since he's been, like, playing junior footy and his dedication to the game and his teammates and mm. the game itself, like, it's just second to none. Like, if anyone mm. questions his ability to, to perform or, or be dedicated to the game, then they're kidding themselves because... He's one of the most ultimate professionals I've ever come across. Yeah. And and that's exactly why he was so adored at Collingwood because he was just such a he's just such a good person and maybe that's maybe Great. that's half the problem. Fantastic. Yeah, he's a, maybe that was half the issue. We're so used to seeing him be like, you know, the number one or the number two. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he is just in that role where he is accepted that he's the number five and yeah, yeah he just wants his team success now and it is what it is. And the same boat, mm-hmm. don't don't sleep. I mean, we're talking about doggies, we have a do not sleep on this port Adelaide team. They are no, are, they are, are a gun team. I said yeah. a couple, probably just before the final start, that I think it'll be either Port or Brizzy who win it. Um, probably mm. too much bias got in my way with the Brizzy going out in straight sets, but <laughs> I just think that Port are going that far under a ra- under the radar. And we talk about your bottom eight players. I think their bottom eight players are absolute freaking guns. Um, yep. And yeah, right now I think there's. I, I think out of the three teams in there, the Doggies are legitimately the only team that, that will not win the flag. Um, and that might be harsh, yeah. but that's just that's just how I feel I, at the moment. I, just I, I agree there. And, yeah. and I think this is going to be a bloodbath on Saturday night. Yeah, and Port, last week. yeah and Port have literally like their whole list of people from as well. Like They're in great shape. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, your bets for this game, boys. Uh, we'll start with you, Schmini. I was going to try and get exotic, and I was just looking through the markets, but I couldn't find anything. So I'll be boring, and I'll just go um, Port Adelaide head to head at a dollar forty-five. Uh, Ollie Wines thirty-five touches into Motlock, two goals into Port Adelaide, negative seventy-three and a half. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Taking a piss. Uh, Royal. Well, I think yeah. just and go Trelaw under eight and a half disposals. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, I was going to say, it's probably safe houses here. Um, Travis Blake, 25 touches. He just gets it done every week. Ultimate professional. There you go. Oh, I agree. That. 
Jesus Christ. Well, no one. Everyone's going to hate that when they listen to this. Yeah. Uh, Petey? Is that a phone or a microwave? Um, I'm going to go BTS Harry Pay. Arazio Fantasia for two goals. Is he, he all good, by the way? He's um, 50. I, I think he is. Yeah, because he went off he's obviously injured. Yeah, I'll be surprised if he does play, to be honest. Like, I think Port will just play it safe and bring in Pal Pepper. Agree, agree. I think, hold, I think hold, him for a fl- hold him for the flag. I mean, I know Jeez. you've got to win to get there, but if he's 50% and you can get him up to 80% in the flag, he is he is a game changer, that bloke. Yeah, he yeah. kicked like four goals. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's a game winner. He's a match winner, for sure. Yeah. You have to take You have to take a fully fit. Pal Pepper over a 60% Fantasia. Yeah. We talk about the barometers. You've seen arguably a bigger barometer for a club than Pal Pepper. They went ballistic when he went and when he came onto the group. Yeah. yeah. They, and were, he, they yeah, were cheering. Some mate, like, Reece Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's self-proclaimed, so. <laughs> um, yeah, look. Um, yeah, so. But look, Jolly, I'm going to be as boring as you were. I just think Port, if you want to get a little bit, con- a little bit, you know, pick your own line, probably Port negative 15.5 or 12.5 or whatever the line is at. Um, I think they'll clear the line quite comfortably. I think they'll win this by a minimum four to five goals. But I think it'll be more than that. Um, anything else? What else do we talk about in this shit thing? Matchups. Just matchups, yeah. Anyone here actually think, anyone here actually think doggies can win? Yeah, no. I absolutely, I absolutely do. They no. they were nearly the best team in it for twenty weeks. They're in a prelim. Do you want to go a slug um, job? Uh, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, oh, we're here to hit first here. We're here to hit first. I need to pay someone a slug for last week, so this will make up for it. <laughs> uh, he's gonna he's gonna get another one. I don't even drink. I'm doing myself in here. Yeah. <laughs> um. We'll talk off here. All right, beauties, <laughs> let's go on to the matchups that you're most looking forward to in either game. You match up for the round, Jolly. Uh, oh, geez, I haven't even thought about it. You'd think I would have. Um, I'm always just big on seeing what Clary can do and um, probably like what we talked about before who might go to him. So, yeah, whatever that matchup will end up being, Clary versus someone or Clary versus no one and seeing if he can rip Geelong apart. Um. Ollie Wines versus Jack McRae disposals. Most disposals, Group A. Not yeah, bad. Not a bad one. I like that one. Yeah. The Port send anyone to McRae? Or is it just, nah. do they just go Wines v McRae, let's go? Mm, yeah, I reckon. Do you reckon, no, nah, Will, Willem Drew. No, nah, Willem Drew normally gets them. Do you reckon he might go to Bond? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if Bond plays in the midfield, he 100% go to Bond. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Bond's not playing. And they just back the boys head to head. Um, Royal? Uh, I'm looking forward to Hawkins versus May. Like, I just think that he's going to hold a huge key to the game and whoever wins the game. Yeah. I think Hawkins kicks three or four. I think Geelong might um, edge it in there. So, yeah. yeah it's a good call. They both Rate that. look a little bit angry at the moment, too. Mm. Do, one of them throw yeah. a punch? Do one of them throw a punch this week or what? I mean, oh, Hawkins no. throws a borderline punch every week. So I want to be surprised if someone does, yeah. Does it just get a little bit rough, rough on the fans? Yeah. If the game's uh, over, yeah, they might just throw one. <laughs> do, you, do you guys? Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Stephen May had someone was interviewing him, and he and he pretty much just said that he didn't want to be a two hundred game player and play no final, so he wanted to take a chance to, you know, get to a club where he could have success. And a lot of the comments pretty much ripped him for being a snake. Where as I don't, you know, 
he spent eight years at the Gold Coast. He was pretty loyal to them. There comes they a point where... Hey? He was very serviceable. So. Yeah, well, exactly. There, there comes a point where the club has to show the player that it's worth staying to. You know, Gold Coast have been and are, still are a basket case, and, yeah, I don't begrudge him at all. I, I want to see the big players like, you know, Lynch and, and May, who were stuck up there for however long, playing in big finals in front of big crowds. So, no, good on him. I think the whipping boy comment mainly comes from the fact that he was their captain. I think that's where, I think that's where people are like, yeah. Uh, look, I can understand. I, I I completely agree with you what you're saying, but I can yeah. see the other side of the table. Why? And, and I will never judge anyone for having, you know, if I don't think that thought comes into your mind that season. All right, I'm going now. I think you you're thinking about that a little bit before you're leaving, and you know, oh, absolutely. Maybe he was the only captain at the time, and and you know, he's seems like a pretty good bloke, so like you could have a beer with. But um, would you would you rather be a 300 game? You know, one club player like Cade Simpson, who has no success, or would you rather play 150 games, leave a club, get called a snake, but have a premiership? I don't know what I'd be having. Have premiership, mate. Premiership yeah. all day long. Yeah, every day. That's what we play for. So, no. absolutely. Club loyalty. Club white <laughs> member of the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, I really, really want to see Gold Coast become a top eight team next year. Um, I really don't. I really don't. Pete, I hate for um, I hate for Stephen May to get stuck in a swell at the Gold Coast Beach. Players <laughs> <laughs> won't be happy with him down there. <laughs> yeah. Um. I should. I might look look forward to seeing um Salwood um and Viney if they do match up. I think they're two hard nuts at the ball. Like obviously they they go hard in and um I think hopefully they match up and I think um yeah it should be a good battle between those two if they do yeah yeah and I'm the same I was the same as you Royal um that that forward match up is just going to be absolutely amazing and cannot wait for it. Um anything else, Dad boys? Nah. Nope. Nah. Nah. All right. So next oh, actually, week, sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, you go. I think you might be saying what I'm about next to say. Next week we'll be back for Brownlow, yeah? Yes, that's yeah, what I was going to say because we'll have the bye. So. Week. We'll yep. have the week off this shit and then we'll come back the week after. Correct. Yeah. So get all your video fucking programming together. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure because <laughs> uh, Schmidty's got a lot of art and everything he wants to have up on the screen. So. You realise NBA 2K is coming out this week, oh, yeah? Actually, yeah. yeah, I know. It's coming out on Friday. It'll, cool. it'll probably be just an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing video. It has to be less than 10 minutes. <laughs> just, just bring the PlayStation in the room. Oh, what's that? 18 teams by 10 minutes? I don't know. What's that about? At 54 on, seconds each? Hop on Twitch and freaking just stream it from there. But uh, no, boys, thanks again for this week. Um, Good times. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Thank you for listening. Thank you,